Hello and welcome back to the Leadership Download. My name is Travis Van Dusen, and I'm so excited to bring to you another great interview today. Today we're talking to Lou and Sherry Everett of the Lou Everett Group. Lou and Sherry have positively impacted lives and companies for over three decades. He, has, he and she has a highly successful background serving other leaders and leadership teams by direct one-on-one -on -one coaching, teaching, training, as well as motivational keynote speaking for small groups to assemblies with thousands in attendance. Lou and Sherry have received direct training from well-known trainers such as John Maxwell, Tony Robinson, Brian, Tra Brian Tracy, and many others. Lou has been on television, the radio, and is passionate about spreading the message of influential leadership. We are excited to have, have him on the podcast today as we're going to talk about the onboarding process when it comes to uh, companies and some of the things they have seen to, to make companies successful as they uh, as they've been able to consult and work with other groups. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with the Lou Everett Group on the onboarding process. Well, today we have Lou and Sherry Everett from the Lou Everett Group with us today. Lou, how, how are you guys doing? Doing Good. awesome, Travis. How about yourself, man? Doing great. You know, we've been uh, we've been friends for a little while, and we've been trying to get you onto the podcast uh, uh, for quite a while. And just glad we could finally make this happen. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we go any further, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, what the Lou Everett Group does, and all and all that good stuff? Sure, I'll let you take that. You're good at that part. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So we are the Lou and uh, the Lou Everett show i want to say no it's, it's the lou Everett group um yes we are a married couple and we are leadership and corporate trainers um, for small businesses and we really enjoy and love helping small businesses to really thrive and helping to build leaders leadership within organizations um, also to help toxic work environments which is a very hot topic and we have a personal uh, story regarding that. So I, I love to share that out because uh, that's really kind of stokes our fire to, to really make a change and transformational leadership within organizations. We provide, uh, along with what Sherry said, we, we provide compliance trainings, right? I mean, I think that it's super important to know that now, especially today, realistically, there's check the box trainings we have to get done, but there's ways that it can be done that actually provide value also an inclusive environment for those that you that are part of your employee, your, your team. And uh, that's something that we bring a little flavor to. We have a team of about eight individuals that are, that are just top-notch developers and trainers that we bring in to, uh, to bring their expertise to the table. So it's not just us, that there, because if it is just us, we would uh, not be able to offer as much value as we actually do. So just know that um, the Lou Everett group is a group for sure uh, of people that just know what they're doing and bring their expertise to the table. That's awesome. Well, before we begin, I mean, Sherry, you said you have a, a, an interesting story, so you might as well unpack that real quick for us <laughs> on, uh, on uh, toxic workplaces. Yes, definitely. I'll, I'll give you the, the short version. So, uh, so yeah, so in uh, August of 2018, I was actually admitted in the ICU in the burn center for 10 days. And at that time, we weren't sure if I was going to live or die. Um, and what happened was that I ended up getting a rare disease that ended me, ended up sending myself in, into the hospital 
all due to where leadership at that time was more focused on the bottom line than they were valuing their employees anymore. So thankfully with the good doctors here and uh, in North Carolina, uh, I was able to survive with very minimal damages. So if I, uh, I do have a chronic cough. So if you hear me coughing, that is why. Uh, and, I, mm. and a little bit of light sensitivity, but honestly it could be death or even blind. So I'll take it. Um, so yeah, so that's the, that's the abbreviated version mm -hmm. of it. Um, but but it, really, it really helped us springboard of what our business, at least uh, really the passion really stems from. Um, we started this business back in 2017. That happened to me in 2018. And then we were like, oh my, we really need to send a message that organizations, uh, big, small, even nonprofits, is that leadership is not that positional style. Uh, it's leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And that's what we really strive and value on with our core beliefs to share that as to as many business owners as possible. Mm. That, that's, a, that's an amazing story. And it really transitions, transitions us really well into what we want to talk about today. Um, you know, we all, we all, you know, because of what we do, get to speak to many different business owners, leaders in, uh, in the work environment today. And, and the thing I'm always hearing is, Hey, I'm struggling so much to find, find people. I, I can't right. keep people retention. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's conflict amongst the ranks. I can't keep morale up, you know, um, the, you know, the, 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 the next place down the streets paying 30, you know, 50 cents more than I am. And everybody's leaving me. You know, you guys spend a lot of time in that space. So what are some of the things or what are some of the opportunities that you believe that uh, can help companies be better during this time? Well, it's, that's, a great, that's a great question, a loaded one. We could talk for hours on this topic. <laughs> um, what, I, what I will do is, is, is kind of, is I'll make it very simple. And I was at this um, pretty awesome training actually the other day, because as, as trainers, we have to develop ourselves too. And and I was at this training and the speaker there was talking about in teams, what makes a, what makes a great team great versus a good team good, right? We, want, we all want good, great teams or great companies. What, what's the difference between the great and the good, right? And realistically, every company has three, there's virtually every single company has these three main things. Note, if you're, if you're a company, you have them. And that's, you have a vision. Generally, you have a whole big vision statement. You have values that are generally written out and posted on the wall. And then number three, you have a culture. Mm. That's what you really have, right? Um, and so that, that's kind of what, those are the three things we have. Now, all three of those things, those first two can influence the culture significantly one way or the other, right? We, we can certainly do that. Now, but the, that's all good companies and teams have all three of those things. But there's one thing that those good teams do not have that great teams do have, and that's conflict. And it sounds super weird, <laughs> but it's conflict. And what I mean by this, and what was taught to me was this, is that when you have a, when you have a team, let's imagine a circle in the team, and you've got people within the circle that are on the team that are trying to follow the vision, follow the, uh, the, the, the structure, the values, and follow the to create the best culture based upon those two things. 
But then you get one or two people that like, I leave early or they, they don't really partake in the team or they do things that don't really equal the value or the vision that we've brought to the table. What ends up happening is when that conflict begins, we spend more time avoiding the conflict hmm. than we do addressing it, creating conflict so we can bring them back into the circle. So we don't have conflict. That's the difference between a good team and a great team. The great team understands that conflict, the right kind of conflict, creates unification. And it creates a unity in a team that other, other good companies and teams don't have. So that's one big thing that I think will encompass the entire conversation, is that we have to understand that there's going to be good conflict to create a unification between our people, the vision, our values, and the culture of our company. And that all begins, I mean, right from the very scratch, right from the very beginning of our hiring process. It starts right there, in my opinion. So you're talking about the hiring process. You know, I read an article a couple of days ago that said that 40% of new hires will leave their job in the first couple of weeks simply because they just didn't like the onboarding process. You know, these people are already in, in job searching mode. They're already... Uh, you know, probably already have other interviews that were lined up that they have, they could probably still go to. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen in some cases that people have, are, have taken a job, and, but are still interviewing for other op opportunities. So you mentioned this, this really this onboarding process. What are some of the things that you uh, believe are necessary or very important in that onboarding? Well, it starts even before they, we offer them a role. I mean, we're talking right at the beginning. I, uh, so we broke it down into three main, three main areas of the onboarding, of the hiring process, right? Even prior to onboarding, even though it's kind of part of it, right? Yeah, we broke it down into three things. This is super, super important. So I hope that you're, if you're listening, take notes on this. As I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. I, I promise you. Job posting, number one. And the second thing is the interview process. And the third thing is the communication during that process. Those are the three main things that, that we believe that will, that will make or break a relationship. And that's really what employee, that's what it's about, is about relationship. If you approach looking for the right person into the team as anything else besides the relationship, then you're, you're doing it wrong and you're not going to have the right people and you're going to have attrition problems. Those are the three main, main categories, right? So it starts right from the job post. The job posting itself, the job description, your job posting, whether it's, whether it's on, and I, I won't say the, the, the main names out there on the web to, 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 uh, to protect any kind of, you know, Travis getting fined or anything, but the main, the main employment, the employment sites that main, most people go to to look for work, what does that job posting reflect? Does that reflect how the role connects to the overall vision of the company? Does that posting reflect that? Is what you're expecting, what are the requirements? Does that align with, or as I mentioned before, unify and be in unity with the vision of the company? That's number one. I think that that's super important. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I've seen job postings and I, we have worked for companies that have a lot of work to do in aligning what they say, either in printed material or what they say in person to really what it is that they do. 
successful leaders don't just believe in the vision, write out values and post it on the wall. They live it. But if somebody hasn't been into the company yet and they're only going by the job posting to go by, what is that job posting telling them about your company? Is it relaying the fact that you truly do follow what the vision of the company is? Does the job posting match? If they go to your website, does it match that? I don't know. I mean, that's a, I've seen it go different. We've been with companies where I've read the job. I'm like, well, I know that company. And that is not <laughs> how they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? I think core values, right? I mean, I know you're saying it's, it's a part big part of, part of it. it. But yeah. I think the vision and, and, and the core values and have an organization to really stick by those and then walk the walk. I, I think that is so key. I think there's too many gaps. They want to have all these, <clears throat> some organizations are out there and it looks all well and good, but then they don't walk the walk. And that's unfortunate. <clears throat> and, th- and that's where we see the quiet quitting. And that's where we hear all these symptomatics where like everybody's leaving. It's because guaranteed, if you really look under the hood, <laughs> so to speak, um, I bet you there's there's that gap. And that's what's, what's happening. Um, and that's why we need people like us and, and you, Travis, and everything, you know, to help helps to fill in those gaps. A lot of times it's just awareness, right? I mean, it's, if you think about it right now, we, we've been through a lot over the last few years, just in general, as people, as a, as, a, as, as a country, as a world. Because, I mean, there's one thing that every single person in this world has encountered over the last two years, and we know that the pandemic affected everybody. Mm-hmm. There is one commonality there. Now, that has changed a lot of things psychologically and how we perceive things. But on top of that, we have to also look at the generation the generational change of the workforce, right? We, we generally, right now we have all five generations working in the workforce with one of those generations slowly now beginning to retire. The challenge we're finding though, that we see out there is that there's now the, where we have the great resignation, we have the, you know, now we've got the, the quiet, whatever these buzzwords you wanna say, we're now in a period of time where there's this reservation. People are reserving themselves from from jumping ship to go to another company. They're they're, they're second thinking this piece. The the generations coming up, the Gen Ys, Gen Zs, they're a little little different in how we, how we, how Mm -hmm. they, and and, and for a very, very good reason. Unlike I'm a Gen Xer, so I'll talk about myself. Unlike my generation, we choose not to learn from our past and we try to make the same stupid mistakes over again. They don't, they tend not to do that. What they'll tend to do is I'm not going to jump shit because I saw my dad do that and it didn't go well. So I'm not going to do that. That is the target. Those are the people though that we want to bring into our company, right? That's, that is our target audience most of the time. So in that case, does our job posting reflect that? Does it draw them in to consider making a, making that phone call or, or connecting us onto Zoom and having a meeting? Does it do that? Does it reflect Truly who we are. Uh, The second thing on on that list was interview process. I mean, I I have throughout my 50, you know, 40, 45 years or so of going through interviews, you know, together, you know, I guess combined, we've gone through interviews up before we became our own business owners. Let me tell you right now, there are some bad processes. (laughs) Terrible processes because how you interview and how that process goes 
really lets the person know, that candidate know, how you are as a company. How organized are you? Mm. That's a huge ordeal. I mean, I will absolutely judge a company by that process. If you can't get that process down, which, by the way, over every other process in a company, that's pretty darn simple. Yeah. If you can get that down, if you can't get that down, I'm not sure if I want to work for you. And that's exactly what that perceives. I'll give you an example. Um, after you've interviewed, you've got someone, you've, you've hooked them in, the job posting was good, you've got the candidate in, and you've done your first initial interview, that process went okay, whatever that process you've lined up is. And by the way, if you're not sure if your process is not working, what to do to make a change, call us, we'll tell you easily, we'll help you do that. But here's the thing. If you've gone through that process, you've had an interview, you said, okay, great, I'll contact you. Um, and if you don't give them a timeline, number one, red flag. As a candidate, that's a red flag. Well, what's the timeline? If I have to ask you when I should be hearing back from you, that's a problem, right? Second thing is if you give them a timeline, follow the timeline and don't make it two weeks. Why does it take you two weeks to make a decision on one initial interview, whether you're going to move somebody forward or not? It should never take you two weeks, ever. If it takes your team two weeks to make a decision on a candidate, even if it's not the first round, there's problems. We've, we've got to look at why that's the case. There's obviously some internal conflict that's not being resolved. And then, uh, and, if you, and if you don't move forward with a candidate during that interview process, what do you do? There it goes, then it goes to the communication, which we can talk about here in a minute. But the interview process is, is, is critical. Because once you've got them there, and you mentioned before, Travis, once they're there, that's a, that's a goldmine. When you actually have someone there that's been interested, you've got them there that seems to be qualified. What are you going to do then? Well, I'll tell you what most companies do. They drop the ball. And that's why they can't find good candidates. And by the way, nowadays, you go out to the web, you can get reviews and post reviews on the interview process. Well, the Leadership Download Podcast is brought to you by the newly formed TC Advisory Group. So you can find out more about TC Advisory Group at www.tcadvisorygroup.com. Travis and I are here to go a little bit further and provide organizations and individuals that are looking for ways to equip uh, and provide resources for leadership. Um, so if you're looking for more support in any capacity, uh, for leadership. Travis and I, we have many, several offerings coming up. Some of it is posted on our website. Uh, you can find out more at tcadvisorygroup.com. And also, uh, we are starting a new podcast, uh, the Executive Leadership Podcast. And so this is going to be heavily focused on more uh, senior leadership topics and also for those that are really pursuing that or would like to pursue senior leadership or executive leadership. So hope you um, can tune in on that podcast as well. Um, subscribe and go on Apple and Spotify and uh, follow us there. There's a trailer on those platforms and you'll get a notification in a couple days as soon as our first episode on that podcast is posted. So feel free, give us a follow on social media. Again, our website is tcadvisorygroup.com and we thank you for your support. So it's not like they can't go and see, hmm, I wonder what everybody else experienced. Oh, it looks like everyone experienced this with this particular role. I'm not, I don't want to work for that company. 
right? That that that's a big part of this process, interview process. Do you want to add anything to that? No, I th I think that's good. And um, the only thing I have is just a quick story is, is that we have a um, someone in a, in our network that she uh, is a uh, is an attorney, and she started out with one firm for a while. Um, kind of speaking about onboarding, it was a little rough, but everything you know, she stayed there for almost a year, but then. So seek, um, was seeking another one because her friend was working there and said, listen, you got to come over here because the, the policies, the procedures, everything has a rhyme or reason. Everything down to the detail yep. uh, is, and they all, know all has an intention yep. to it. There's they a purpose behind it. Uh, and they all work a collaborate. Like uh, it's almost like a dream, right? So she went, she's like, yeah, sure. You know what? I had a meeting with her just recently uh, and she said she, she's so happy at this other firm that everybody is collaborative, everybody, all the policies, all the procedures, the onboarding, there's even training within training, everybody has a mentor, you know, I mean, if that's a dream, you know, <laughs> it, it mm. not people have these type of programs right from the get-go that are encouraging growth right, for, right out of the gate, you know, this is what we teach and preach all day long, but to actually hear a company that actually does it is very, very um, right breathtaking and she loves it she absolutely loves it so so that's just the case in point that um it is possible it's just you have to be intentional yeah you gotta follow you gotta do what you say you're gonna do you know uh, i go ahead no go ahead no no you're right go ahead <laughs> no, i was just gonna say you know one of the things i've often realized especially once you get into a specific field of work like i can't i've come out of the aviation world um and the aviation world's very small. Mm -hmm. The medical field, when you really look at it, it's very small. I mean, unless you're willing to just move to, around the country and get away from the little pockets. So, you know, it doesn't take too many times being that kind of false salesman of bringing someone in. And then suddenly you've got billboards walking around everywhere saying, that, steer clear, <laughs> steer clear. That's right. Um, and, and then, then you're ruined. Right. And like you said, with the social media, and the ability to do reviews and all that stuff now, I mean, companies really have to, they're being held accountable in those areas way more than they were probably 20, 30 years ago. Oh yeah, hands down. Culture is now not just a reflection of what's going on in the building. It's a reflection of what's going on outside. Yeah. So big time, you know, that's a great point. And it kind of brings us right down to that last third point, that communication side of it. You know, I had I, I had a, a, a candidate. You know, when you're interviewing candidates, you know, and so I was I, I a situation for me. I interviewed a bunch of candidates, just one after another, and you're you're going through resumes. I mean, it's a taxing process um, that you're going through, right? You may have a screening process that somebody else is doing, but then you get the remainder, but you're still having to go through this process. And as you're going through this process, um, and I was going through this process, you have to. Okay, let's bring this person in. And they have to turn people away. At one point, you're saying no to people, right? Mm -hmm. So the communication is, is so important to the last step of this, of this whole process. How are you communicating with them? If you don't communicate effectively during this hiring process, it shows that there's a problem right inside. Problem with detail, a problem with opportunity. And I will tell you that you're not going to, especially now, if there's this hesitation to go anywhere else, it's going to be difficult to get someone to go, in, go with you if, if you're not communicating with them effectively mm. during this process, right? 
Um, what is wrong with being transparent? What is wrong with saying, hey, listen, after I'm done with you, I'm going to review that. I'm going to review all my notes on you. And, and generally, because how busy I am right now, that's why I need this role, right? I'm super busy that I may not get back to you till tomorrow or till Friday. Okay. And when the Friday comes, you do it. But now that'd be a Friday by end of day. Give, give them something to go by and then do that. Okay. Uh, and even for me, the, I, I have the situation where I will personally call. A lot of times today we'll get the, you, you go on an interview and you get an email. Sorry, I've been declined. You haven't been mm. selected for the role, whatever the fancy words are nowadays. I think it's terrible. I think it's a terrible place to be because right now we're, we're just, we've, we're trying to change our internal culture to get, to attract good employees. We're doing all these things to try to bring things to our company to get people attracted to come into us. Then we get them there and we fall back on old stupid habits from 10 years ago or even from three years ago. People need to hear to something different. You want to be different? Even if it's a denial, you pick up the phone as a manager, as a hiring manager, and you say, listen, I'm, I'm not moving forward with you, but this is why. Because ultimately, as leaders, we're shepherds. I, I can't stress this enough, and I believe that's what makes Sherry and I very, very different, and some of us very different than a lot of other types of trainers and coaches and, and that type of thing, is that we believe that our role as leaders are to shepherd the people that we lead. Mm. Which means that we, and that begins here. Even though they're not hired yet, you're still a leader in the process. You're still a reflection of what it is that you're bringing them into. So in that case, as a person, our, we're responsible to shepherd that person, meaning feedback, right? That's the corporate word for it. feedback. That means shepherding. We're, there, we're, we're, we're giving them a call and saying, listen, we are not moving forward with you. And the reason is I noticed this specific thing that you said, um, and I'm, I'm challenged by that because it's. I feel that if I put you in this role, what that's going to do is give you a little too much on your plate. And I do not want you to fail right out of the gate, right? I think you need a little bit more experience. And as a matter of fact, I recommend looking for this type of role, even if it's not here. See, that to me is the best thing you can do as a leader is to guide somebody else in a direction in their career. Just because they're not coming to you and you're denying them doesn't mean you can't provide feedback and direction. Okay. So something to think about moving forward is that communication piece. If I was to rank these, that's the most important one. That is what they're going to remember you by is that communication. How did you communicate with them? What was your transparency like? Did you call them? Did you talk to them? Or just shoot them an email that says, sorry, you're not moving forward. We're moving with another candidate or whatever the blanketed term is nowadays, a PR way of doing things. If you treat them like people, they're going to want to come work for you. Yeah, so and you never know things. in the future. That's exactly right. You never know. But what happens? They go out there like, man, I want to go back and work for that company. They go out, they listen to your feedback. They go out there, nose of the grindstone, get their experience. Next thing you know, you're like, here they are. And it could yeah. reverse that piece of it, just to your point. It could be reversed. You treat them like garbage. Down the road, you're on road, you're working for them. How about yeah. that? Let me tell you what happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yep. Then you're working for them. Um, and they're your manager. Now what do you do? Yep. Yeah. I would be curious to think, oh, no, you know, you guys obviously thought about this process. You've talked this process. You've 
consulted on it. You know, um, what is one thing that you would say that is an old tactic outside of the one we just discussed? What are some maybe what what's a, maybe an unusual tactic that no one thinks about that you see people using in the hiring process? That's like, man, that's that's so thirty years ago. Like it does not work now, but people don't really. I think I think it's like a we've gotten a, a process in place for hiring in most companies, and it hasn't changed in sixty years. <laughs> And it's like, it's time to change this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One that pops in my mind is, is the resume with the gaps. I mean, that's yeah. changed. That's just a, making know, the decision on a resume. Only. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, then, a, that's, a, that's an old school methodology. And without getting the gaps, school. right? Because back in, I mean, this is not even talking that many years. I mean, you're talking within the last 10 years, but because of pandemic, throw that in there. So it's even more of a gap, all the different layoffs, all the different happening. layoffs. It's happening again with the tech companies. Right. A lot. So there's reasons where before um, there was a time where, oh my gosh, you, you, you better not have a gap in your resume because somebody's going to look at that and then they make all these judgment calls. Right. And you're, and then you're, you're just next. It just doesn't, you don't even move, mm-hmm. move forward. Now, um, from what I've read through articles uh, and onboarding is that people are a little bit more accepting of it because the world went through a whole catastrophe. Um, and even if it wasn't about the pandemic, maybe they're stay-at-home moms or parents, yeah. right? Like, I think that they're looking at that a little bit more um, openly and say, okay, well, can you explain? But I guess that comes back to the leader that's onboarding them. Yeah. Say, can you explain why there's a gap? Where's the story? You know, right? What's the story? Um, so I think I know that we've seen firsthand, but you want to. And add I think that that's one. true, though. I mean, and, and there's there's a story behind everything. If for some reason we're, but that is a habit I've seen lately. It, it would still today at some companies where they're look at the resume, and they're like they won't ask questions, they won't give me the story behind this, right? It's it's a it's it's a, it's an all or nothing thing, and I and I I and it's not, it's humorous, but it's true, right? And what I have told companies is this: I've told hiring managers. Oh, you know, they'd look at it and say, ah, look at their resume. And I looked at them and I said, well, are you hiring a resume writer? Because it sounds true that you're judging them based on how they write their resume and not based on their job performance. We don't know what their job performance is. They weren't a resume writer. If you're hiring a resume writer and their resume sucks, then yeah, don't hire them. But that's not what this is about. It's not about their resume. Their resume is a snapshot. And we got to find out more about that snapshot. And so that's definitely one. Another one is, is there should never be one point of failure in, in, the, in the process. One person should never be making the decision of hiring. Mm. It should always be a collaborative effort. It should not be one person making that, that call. You know, and, and in companies with a, with a culture that's a, that has some, even if it's not completely extreme, fully toxic, toxic crumbles uh, are trailed in when, when five people love the person and one person says no and then everyone has to listen because they have to that is a problem and that is an old school method right that is positional style leadership um and not to say that you have to but again as i mentioned before great companies have conflict as long as the conflict unifies the team it's so mm-hmm. why not ask why are you saying no i think they're great this is why have those conversations. Don't let the conversation go. Okay. I mean, there's, I have seen firsthand, firsthand, where uh, I, I had taken over an executive director role. And as I came into the role, we were in, needing to hire 
trainers. And I was going through some resumes. I'm like, I, I know this name. I don't know where I know this name, but I want to bring this person and review them. And HR is like, oh, yeah, well, the previous uh, executive director didn't like them, so they said no. So what was anybody else in on the interview? Yeah, but it was their decision. Okay, I want to talk to them. I brought that person in, and I thought they were a rock star. As a matter of fact, I bought five other people in on the panel. They all thought they were rock stars. And they're like, yeah, we were on that panel before. We loved this guy. Well, then we're hiring this guy. Well, we hired that guy. You know, that guy is still to this day. He has moved up and is now running that entire department. And I had moved on and moved up and he took over. So point being is that it should never fall on one person ever. So those are two big things right there that that still are that is still kind of glittered in um, in the culture right now in some corporate corporate environments that that That's should awesome. be revis- re- reviewed a little bit. Well, there's definitely been some value added uh, on this subject. So thank you guys so much for uh, spending a little time with us. Before we go into our little uh, kind of sun death little questions, uh, <laughs> how can people connect with you? Uh, what is the best way to, to get, in, get in touch with you guys if anyone wants to go deeper or has questions on onboarding leadership, any, anything along the lines of the services you guys provide? Yeah, certainly reach out. Um, we're definitely on um, social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, as well as Instagram. Um, but feel free to reach out to our website, louevertgroup.com, and our numbers there in our calendar. So feel free to reach out. We we love to actually have conversations with folks. You can even text our phone number. We'll respond. It's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy nowadays. Imagine that. You, just go, you go to Google and type in Lou Everett Group, and we're going to show up. Just we're there everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right so here we go either either one of you can answer these questions um first question best piece of advice you've ever been given answer is always no unless you ask mm. all right favorite book that you've read in the last six months oh, last six months oh gosh frequency frequency by uh, Robert Morris. Okay. Now here's my, here's my favorite one to ask. Um, dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? I'd be curious to hear both of you on this one. <laughs> well, that's always a good question. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, was several. Besides, besides certain family members, um, but that's always, that's always um, one I would, I could mm. have a hard time picking from. Um, but, uh, I'd be, I, I would love to sit and have, have, uh, have lunch with Jesus Christ just, just, mm. to, just to be there for a minute. And, uh, I got lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Oh, God. I don't know. Elvis comes to mind, I think, because I just love his, you know, love the music, enjoy it, but it was such an interesting time period that, mm. uh, Love, love to know more of behind the scenes. I know that's right. And the last one is what is something you guys have done that you believe everyone should do at least once? Cruise. Oh, yeah. Take a cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywhere. All right. Yeah. Anywhere. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> well, Lou and Sherry, it's been great. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, added a lot of value and uh, we'll hope to have you back again soon. Yeah, sure. thanks for having us, Travis. Thank Appreciate you. So much. you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Leadership Download. We hope that we added value to you today. Um, we we want to thank the, the Lou Everett Group for being part of the podcast. As always, if you want to find out more of what we're doing, you can join us at tcadvisorygroup.com or on any of our social media platforms. And if you, if you found the content today valuable, please like, share, or whatever's appropriate on the platform you're using. As always, we want to spread the word about uh, what we're doing here and how we can add value and serve others. So until next time, we'll catch you on the next one.